Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and this week we're chatting about Cardiff's 2-0 win away to Barnsley last weekend. We're also looking forward to the Leeds game on Sunday and the possibility of football being played behind closed doors thanks to the coronavirus. Um, we also answer your questions and chat a few things, including Will Vokes' resurgence. Enjoy. Well, as always, joining us this week is our very own Ben Price. How are you, Ben? Not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, cracking on. Not in not in quarantine yet. So still alive. Still not too. coughing up a lung. Yeah, no, I'm all good. All good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Just finished playing football. Knackered, sore, beaten, bruised. Yeah. There's still no coronavirus, so it's okay. Got to look at the positives. Exactly. Speaking of positives, it was a win on the weekend for Cardiff City, a 2 0 away win to Barnsley. Now, you know, on paper, if you're looking at the games, it's a game you expect to win, isn't it? You know, Barnsley aren't, aren't particularly great. I think, you know, they're, they're down towards the bottom of the championship. Um, but traditionally, well, they're down towards what they are bottom. Traditionally, it's the type of game that Cardiff have slipped up on at times. So it is pleasing, isn't it? to to see them get a win when when it's deserved, it was nice. But oh my god, did you, did you watch it? I didn't know that first half. Oh, it was absolutely horrific. Like up there with the worst I've seen. <laughs> I I paid to watch it on iFollow, and I the first half I wanted my money back under the Trade Subscription Act. Honest to God, it was so bad. You watched it when you were away abroad on holiday, of course. Yeah, not in Italy, though. Not in Italy. No. no. Just a cloud. But in case anyone from the club's listening. Yeah, so if you if you want an idea of how bad it was, Barnsley, at half-time, had the better pass and accuracy was 62%. <laughs> Cardiff at 56 So near enough, every other pass that we made was unsuccessful at that point. It's funny, isn't it, Cardiff? It, it, lately, particularly in the Neil Harris... They almost seem to have this split personality, don't they? Because we, we really have improved our our passing game and stuff like that. And you see some games that that we're, you know, having the majority of possession and then you see games well, I didn't see a bit like you said, the games like that where we're just awful on the ball. I it was shocking. That first half, I don't know what was said at half time and full credit to Harris because he got them up and it was like a diff it was like they were playing a different game second half, not just a different side, it was a different game. The way they play controlled it. Second half was a fantastic performance and did well, and we're lucky only to score. Only lucky only to score two goals, to be honest. Um, by far the better side and deserved the three points based on the second half. Fair thing to Harris. You know, there's a lot that that could be said about him, and I and others have said, you know, about him. But he does seem to be able to get a reaction from players at half time. Now, whether that's it's almost easy because we're starting games so badly, but there's been a few occasions where. You know, we've come out second half a, a different team. So, kind of credit to him there. He must be, you know, a good motivator in in the dressing room at halftime. Yeah, what he's doing works. It's just why. What is it? What is the mental block that's stopping the players doing this for ninety minutes? Um, we've probably only had a ninety minute performance once under Harris so far, and that worries me a little bit. But when we're playing and it clicks, it's good stuff. There's a lot to be positive about. It's just not clicking enough for that to happen. 
Yeah, and the goals scored by Will Vokes and, and Callum Patterson a minute after each other in 65 and 66 minutes. Talk us through the, those goals and how they came about. I, they, they were just, to be honest, they were a bit scrappy. Um, the first goal especially was sort of Volks just slamming it in after it pinballed all over the place and probably had two chances to score before Volks slammed it in. Volks then comes back with his absolute worldy of a celebration. <laughs> then Callum Patterson, uh, from a mistake from the Barnsley player, threw on goal, nice little finish, clean through. Uh, decides to try and reenact the uh, Volk celebration, but only in a way that Callum Patterson could do. It's superb, isn't it? Oh, it's the best thing. I was in tears. Like, that is proper good banter, that. That is... When you're shithousing your own teammates, you know you are just king of the shithouses. It's absolutely just fantastic to see. It is, and that's what I love about Patterson. I'm sure what, what so many Cardiff fans do. He's a great player. But that personality that, that he shows and that sense of humour is just is second to none, isn't it? Oh, it's class. It's why fans... It's They're the players that you remember in... 10 years' time, 10, 20 years' time, so the players that brought a smile to your face, not just for the football, but their antics on the pitch as well, without being a dickhead. Um, yeah, it was just... He was up for it, Patterson. He played well. Absolutely fought tooth and nail to make sure we got that win on uh, Saturday. On Saturday, Just up for it. Rattled the Barnsley players. By the sound of things, rattled the Barnsley commentators and I follow as well. <laughs> um, yeah, he was just really, really impressive. That was Pete Callum Patterson. Making the city fans laugh while pissing everyone else off—just exactly what you need. And him and him and Volks particularly um, have become really, really important players. And you know, we, we've spoken in the past about the need for once Tomlin's uh, been out of the side. Even when he was there, we needed someone else to step up alongside him. But particularly with him missing through injury, we needed people to step up and and take charge as team. And and Volks and Patterson have done that, haven't they? They have. It's just a shame. shame uh, sh- uh, can't speak. It's just a shame. Sometimes we forget that Patterson can still play football, and we just hoof it to him, hoping for the best. And I know he's great in the air, wins a lot of flick-ons. But if you haven't got Tomlin there playing in the ten role, bursting through and picking up what we need, it isn't going to work. And that's a lot of what we did to start with. Then we sort of remembered. Oh yeah, we can play football. We can knock it down and knock the ball out a bit. But, but we play some nice stuff at times. Um, it wasn't like a great game. Like they're not going to put a DVD out of it. If they do, it'll be a cure for insomnia. <laughs> but um, it was just a comfortable away performance in the end in the second half, and players battled hard and just did what they needed to do to get get the three points and what two points from the playoffs now. Yeah, and you know, once Tomlin was out injured, there seemed to be a bit of tinkering, didn't there? Seemed to to try and find a, a formula that would work, and and Glatzel was in the team and. And Danny Ward as well, and, and different wingers. But <coughs> pardon me, uh, Harris seems to have settled on on his kind of ideal team without Tomlin lately. And it's good to have Joe Rawls back as well. But that seems to be a consistent te- team that he's playing now that he trusts. We're really lucky that Joe Rawls came back at this time. I think we'd be in a lot of trouble if it wasn't for him uh, coming Still back. The equalise against Brentford, of course. Equalise against Brentford, and the way he played. It wasn't like a peak Joe Rawls performance, but you can still see he is one of the best midfielders in the championship. And it's sort of, you can see Harris wants to play Rawls and he will be a key part of that side. You forget Harris has had, what, three games with him? I think he's played yeah. full 90 minutes once under Harris. So you can't, like, there's still a lot to come and he's our best player on the ball passing. 
wise. Um, so I think you'll see even more evolution in the city play. Um, I honestly thought Volks and Rolls would be too lightweight with Tomlin at the ten, but the way we're playing at the moment, I think like we'll play some really nice stuff and it'll work really well with those two in the middle. It's been interesting that um, that Harris has seemed to. Uh, sorry, Marlon Pack has fallen out of favour a bit, and you know the last couple of games he's been dropped, and the midfield three has been Volks, Rolls, and, and Bakuna. And what do you make of that that midfield three? And are you surprised that the Pack has fallen out of favour? I know we've spoken a bit in the past about that maybe he's not uh, not the ideal replacement that we wanted for Gunnarsson. Not really. Pack's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Like there is a good player there. He has moments where he plays really well, but. For the if you're going to pick a, you, I'm always a believer of you pick a team on the system you want to play and play pick each player on merit. And if you're comparing Pack and Bakuna for the performances this season, it's only re- you can only really play Bakuna. Pack has gone missing and just hasn't done what he needed to do at times, and rightfully has been taken out of the team. I don't think so. I, I still think he'll play quite a bit towards the end of the season, but at the moment, I think it's 100 the right thing. Um, Bakuna's issue is, and it always will be, he gets lost and sort of follows the ball a bit at times. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, said, I think long-term Bakuna and Pack will be decent squad players. And yeah, like I said, the three that you want in that middle now, since Volks has become just undroppable and unplayable recently, is Rawls, Volks and uh, Tomlin in the middle. That's yeah. a decent. That is a decent three in the middle as well. That's really strong. Yeah, it is. It's very good and like I said, Volkson has made himself undroppable and, and Tom did before he was injured as well and, and Joraz has, has been undroppable for uh you know the last couple of years in the championship at least. So, you know, those three kind of pick themselves when they're all fit, don't they? They do, hundred percent. And you think uh before under uh, Neil Warnock, Rawls was arguably player of the season. Um so him coming back. Is a unbelievable nice scoring run, didn't he, early on? Oh, hat trick against Birmingham. Um, yeah, it's the, it's a perfect time for him to come back with this run in. I honestly thought, didn't think we'd stand a chance of getting the playoffs. I said as much on uh, Love Sport on Friday, but um, the results go in our way, and with the fixtures we've got, it's in our realistically, it genuinely is in our hands. I know we're two points behind Preston, but we play them on Tuesday. Uh, we play Leeds on Saturday on Sunday. Sorry, don't want to get battered on Twitter again for that. Yeah, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah the, there's a real good chance again that teams around us no one seems to be putting a run together and we're going up against big sides which we seem to do well at um, and if we can put a decent run together from that the playoffs are well within reach I'm talking like 4th and 5th not just scraping in at 6th yeah it's certainly it's a tight race isn't it at the moment um, and we've got a couple of questions I think on, on the playoffs so we'll We'll have a look at those kind of towards the end. On Volks, um, I know we we spoke early on in the season, didn't we? It's been been quite a turnaround for him about uh, being kind of isolated by by Neil Warnock and being left out. And I remember at the time you saying that that that's clearly the right thing to do if he's not um, you know not not impressing and not not doing enough to get into that side. But looking at him now with you know how well he's doing, and it's kind of, it didn't take long once he got that run of games really to to hit his stride and, and, and make a real difference. So with, with hindsight, do you think Warnock was harsh in, in leaving him out or do you think it's played out the way it should I think have? I think it's played the way it does. It takes some teams, some some players, time to settle into a squad. And that's clearly what it did for uh, Volks. 
it, it wasn't like it was instant. He was playing well and getting dropped for no reason, like someone like Tomlin was. Um, when he was playing, he wasn't hitting the heights required of him. And he needed something. I think Baker's put it best with the FA Cup. The FA Cup run, while it ended disappointingly at Red, uh, the 600 games against Reading, um, it provided vital in bringing some players back to form. It brought Murphy back to form. It's brought Patterson back to form. And it's brought Volks back up to speed and got a good run in exactly where we needed it. Um, like I said months ago, um, Volks, isn't, Volks will still play a huge part in this season. And he, he's proved me right. Um, it was right not to pay him the time, but it's also going to benefit us long term he's not going to burn out now he's going to be up for it for the rest of the season he's got a point to prove and he seemingly loves being an absolute shit so I'm all for it <laughs> I never thought I'd hear you or anyone say that Baker got it right oh gross gross <laughs> I think that's the fever from the coronavirus talking must be yeah and a quick word on um Sanderson right back who who has come in and you know Joined the club, didn't didn't start for the few games after Peltier left. It was Jazz Richards, but all of a sudden he's kind of made that right back spot his own, hasn't he? And and it's refreshing to have, you know, an athletic attacking right back that that can get forward, and and it has made a difference to the way we play. I've owned. I'll be honest. I I missed the uh, Brentford game. I was at a wedding, um, so I haven't seen. I've barely seen the highlights to be honest. But um, the Barnsley game I saw. What a player he's looking at to be. He's got such a bright future. If we can keep hold of him. We've got a really important player on our hands there. He's exactly what we need down that right. Him and Adoma linking up so well. Adoma just talking him through the game, just steering him through. The communication between the two is non-stop. And um, yeah, I'm really, really impressed with him. He's done fantastically. Well, on Sunday, not Saturday, as as we've pointed out on Twitter, we've got Leeds coming to the Cardiff City Stadium. Obviously, it might just be Leeds. There might be no fans from from either side with with the way things are going, um, which will be 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 rather strange kind of situation, won't it? Yeah, considering how many fans Leeds will still claim they took six thousand fans. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it seems at the moment though that everything's going to go ahead as planned, which um, I don't think is a good idea. But that's a political thing that I cannot be asked to get into today. Um, I also think it's a massive mistake that they're not postponing the rugby, but um, but it is what it is. So I don't think it'll be an issue of no fans in the stadium, which I think will play into our hands. I think we need the crowd up there for the Leeds game. It's always a good atmosphere. It's always tasty. And Leeds seem to be putting a decent run of results together again after the little blip after they played us. They're top back, top of the league. I don't think they conceded in four or five games. Yeah, they are on a, an incredible run. Like I said, we it was that was it three three, wasn't it? We came yeah. came back and looked like we were de- derailing the Leeds Leeds season again. And you know, there's a chance for that again on Saturday with them, them top of the table. But you know, they're a really good side, aren't they? And it's looking like like they'll probably go up automatically. I know it's dirty. You know, Liverpool winning the league and Leeds going up automatically. <laughs> Suddenly, coronavirus doesn't seem all bad, does it? <laughs> But I mean, if you look through their their squads, and there's some brilliant players, aren't there? And and Calvin Phillips, in particular, is the one that that kind of catches the eye. And I know there's been calls for him to to get an England call up, you know, for the Euros if they do go ahead or or soon anyway. But some good attacking talent as well, like Sir Helder Costa and Pablo Hernandez as well. So they've got plenty of plenty of players that can cause Cardiff some problems. They've got some great players. Um, they really have. It's a great championship squad, but 
they've sort of they had that horrible they should they should be miles clear with that squad um and the start they had it was just such a bad run they've had coming off the city game that's really pulled this league and sort of if they have another blip that i don't see them coming out of it again um they seem to die off again that they, they seem they did this last year they sort of picked up and dropped off again but you look at players like Helder Costa, just he should be playing in the Premier League. Phillips should be playing in the Premier League. Um, Hernandez has probably been the Premier is one of those players sort of too good for the Championship, not good enough for the Premier League. Yeah, it, they're just a really, really strong side that on paper you really don't want to play. Um, Alioski, absolute shit of a player, just can't stand him. Um, but even players like on the bench like Barry Douglas, fantastic for Wolves the year they went up. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's on the bench. He can't get a look in at the moment. Yeah, I've been surprised that, they are. that Wolves let him go. Was it six million, something like that? He wasn't exactly like a massive fee. I know he's yeah. not the youngest, but you've got Berardi there. Um, yeah, this squad's just... I mean, they are handicapped by having Patrick Bamford. <laughs> that doesn't help. He just can't... Just, you know he's, he's going to score against us now. Oh, Yeah. I, even if I hadn't said that he's going to score because we like doing that to shit strikers but it's just yeah apart if they had a proper goal scorer they'd be romping this league they've brought in uh, I'm not sure if he's if he's played much yet but John Kevin Augustine from RB Leipzig who's meant to be be, be a pretty good pretty good striker so um, he's a good player I think he's had a bit of a knock hasn't he I don't he's played for the last two games is he? Well, that will, that will work nicely in our favour. But um, Soslory's back for us. Yeah, typical, wouldn't it? But I mean, you mentioned you know players being too good for the championship, and you know they've got a manager really that that's too good for the championship as well. And they in Bielsa, who's you know one of the most renowned coaches in the world, and it's it's a bit mental really that he's in the championship. He's mental though. I don't think his way works too well. If that makes sense. Um, he's too intense for this league and you've seen the lead suffer burnout sometimes I think he forgets that this is the most physical competitive league in world football um, and you're playing a lot of football at that time as well but it's a long season it's a tough season admittedly Leeds, Leeds went out of the cups pretty early so they didn't have to worry about that but even still you can't be doing like you read the training sessions and what they get up to the bloke's a head case <laughs> But you can't argue the success as well. And if he gets leads up, fair play to him because no one else has managed to do it in the last, what, 15 years? Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, they're hitting form at, at the right time, aren't they? And, you know, a comprehensive 4-0 win against Hull a couple of weeks ago. Beat Huddersfield 2-0. Beat Borough, Bristol City, Reading. It was the 1-0 wins they just kept on scraping over the last few weeks that's really sort of pulled them back in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, before they started scoring goals again, they got themselves back into form by winning 1-0, just scrappy 1-0 wins. And that tends to be the sign of a side that's going to go up. Yeah, yeah, Cardiff made a good habit of it in that promotion year, didn't we, where we kind of won those those scrappy games. And you, you, they always say, don't they, a, a good side wins the games when you don't necessarily play well. Exactly. Um, they don't score. They're not like massive scorers. They've scored a fair few, but... We've only scored four fewer than them. It's the goals against. They've got the best record in the league for the defence. Only 30 goals conceded. Like we scored 10% of those. It shows just how strong of a side they are. Yeah. How, so how do you think we beat them? How do you think we stop them, at least? Uh, they self-destruct as per usual. Simple as I that? Think, 
I don't think it's as simple as that, but that's sort of the only way we can beat them. Um, it's a tough game. Doesn't have to be said that. We think we've spoken them up enough. I'm not expecting anything out of this game. I see it as a bonus. Uh, for me, the more important game is uh, Preston on the Tuesday night. Um, keep We've got a terrible record at Preston and we need to keep as tight to them as possible. So um, if we lost at Leeds and won at Preston, then I think that's not the end of the world at all. Yeah, Leeds is the type of game, isn't it, where you just have to be absolutely on it at, at all points. You know, you you dally on the ball for a second, you misplace a pass, and, and they've got the players at this level that will absolutely punish you. You know, yeah. Cardiff have unfortunately been making silly mistakes throughout the season, so you know they'll really have to cut that out if if we're going to you know get anything out of this game or, or at least keep the scoreline down. We just like gifting teams goals. That's our issue, and we cannot afford to do that against Leeds. Players need to treat this like a derby and get right up for it and just sort of... Leeds don't like it when teams come at them and batter them and knock them about a bit. And I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to be shithouses again and shithouse our way to a 1-0 scrappy win. Which we've not really... That kind of shithouse side and, and that bat, that like really bullying teams, we've not really seen much this year, have we? We didn't no, see it much in the Premier sort of... League last year. It's what I thought we were going to do this season with everyone we brought in with Warnock in the summer. I thought, right, I know how this is going to go. We're looking to bully people and sort of just batter our way through this league. And it's just not happened. Um, the game sort of evolved around us. But Leeds can get got at. They're not like... They don't put the fear up me. They're just a good side when they click. But I still think there's a wobble in them. And I think we're the team to bring it back out of them again. They're, they're, but the other thing is they're going to be really up for it. They're, they're going to want to avenge that three-all draw. That, they're not going to let that happen again. For, that's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that might play in our favour is they might have one eye on on Fulham on Wednesday. Who, um, you know, they've got a bit of daylight between. So it's Leeds and West Brom at, at the top on seventy-one and seventy points, and then Fulham on sixty-four points in third. So, so a bit of distance, but. You know, a team that that could really get at them and cause them problems. So they yeah, might probably. have one. If any team's pushing for that final automatic place, sadly, it is Fulham. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Leeds will be looking at to see them off and pretty much guarantee that. I think if Leeds win there, they'll be as good as up them, won't they? Yeah, because you. I mean, you look at the games after that, and it's Luton, Blackburn, Stoke, Swansea, Barnsley, Derby, and Charlton. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little run in then, isn't it? It, is. them? it is, yeah. I mean, looking at Cardiff's uh, run in, obviously Leeds on Sunday, um, and that big Preston game that you mentioned. Obviously, Preston are occupying the sixth spot at the moment on fifty-six points. They've only won one of their last five games. Um, Cardiff in ninth on fifty-four, with Bristol City and Millwall in between. Like I said, that's one that we, that we've got to win if we're gonna gonna you know fight to take that. That sixth spot. Oh, massively. If, if we're looking to get the playoffs, it, yeah, that's a must-win game. Sadly, it's uh, uh, Deepdale, and our record there is shocking. Yeah, yeah. Cast mine. Wasn't it Preston? The uh, was it six-one? Six-one uh, under Warnock. We lost three-nil there. Our unbeaten run yeah. came and they're in style. Um, it was that season when we lost, missed out on the playoffs by like. A goal scored or goal, you know, one goal difference. One goal conceded, yeah. A couple of weeks before we'd uh, lost 6 1 to Preston, which was. Last year in Indian Park, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I think the last game of the season was um, 
up at Sheffield Wednesday, and I think we maybe lost or drew, um, and obviously missed out on the playoffs. And that, I remember that being the longest journey back on like the most depressed coach. <laughs> <laughs> no one was in the mood for anything. Um, but yeah, that pressing game is the one that that you you kind of look at in teams around us, and and in on the fourth of April we've got Bristol City as well, who are in seventh. So you know those are two really really important games. Um, and then looking at, at the rest of the run-in, we've got Charlton in between those two games, Blackburn at home on the 10th of April, then we're away to Fulham, home to Derby, away to Middlesbrough, and home to Hull City on the the final game. You mentioned you think we... we sorry, we, let me start that again. You mentioned that you think we can make the playoffs. Do you still maintain that? Yeah, I think it's in our hands, isn't it? You're playing teams around us that are going to be scrap fighting for their lives to get these points that you've got to beat to get the playoffs. And either side of that, you've got teams that aren't really in relegation trouble, but aren't going to make the playoffs. So towards the end of the season, they've not got a lot to play for. They're sort of the ones that you can sort of not bank three points in, but you should be looking to win those and get a nice sort of run together. So it's, um, it's a favorable run. Um, I think we've got one of the better runnings out of all the other, out of all of our playoff um, contenders. I think Millwall have got a bit of a shit running coming up. Uh, well, Preston. Just looking at, at the run-ins, you know, we've got to face uh, Preston and Bristol City and then also uh, Fulham. Millwall doesn't look too bad, really. They've got Bar- Derby, Barnsley, Swansea, Charlton, Middlesbrough, Hull, Blackburn, QPR and Huddersfield. It's not really many teams that are in, in and around the playoff mix, so They've got a decent one. Blackburn are in uh, one one place below us, so they they're still in with the shouts. Yeah, um, you look at Brentford. Uh, Brentford, sorry, Preston have probably got the most favourable out of everyone around us, though. Huddersfield, Wednesday, Forest, Brentford, Birmingham, us, and then on the last day, I think they're yeah they're home to Bristol, away to Bristol City. So it's it's pretty even, but I fancy our chances for that. Um, the issue is, I don't want us to get in the playoffs. I hate the playoffs. <laughs> We're not going to do well. Yeah. And yeah, just I've got my stag weekend that weekend. We've got the playoff final, so I can't be dealing with the stag weekend. They're going to Wembley on the Monday, losing and being hungover and depressed again. It's an interesting situation, isn't it? Like you said, I don't think we're, I don't think we'll do well in the playoffs if we get there. And I certainly don't think that if we get promoted, we're not ready for that. We weren't ready last time, but I think we're even less ready now. And you know, I, Harris is is winning me round slightly, but I certainly don't think he's he's capable of keeping a side in in the Premier League. Um, so it's almost that like, obviously you want your team to win, but then like you said, you don't really want us to make the playoffs. Take it to the last day, but then miss out on goal difference or something like that. Would be a decent season. It yeah. sounds really weird to say that, doesn't it? You want your team to not quite make it, but I just don't think we're ready for that step yet. I think we need another season of rebuilding properly, letting Harris have a summer and having a crack and go at it. Um, he's earned that. I think the way the, the performances, and the, you can see what he's trying to do. And I know I've said this week for the last few weeks, but there is some good football in and around the absolute dross that sometimes get plated up for us. Um, he deserves the support of the fans now. I think he's starting to win people over again. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think you know I've still got still got doubts, and you know I, I 
he was never my, my choice, and I still think we could have done better. But you know, he's done well, and and he's tried to make changes, and there has been signs of of progress. So he definitely definitely deserves deserve the summer at least to to put his stamp further on the team because you know the signings that he's brought in have have done well. You know, Adoma's done well, Sanderson's done well. Um, who's the third? Uh, we've not seen Smith. Brad Smith. You've seen more of Brad Smith in Curries than than anyone else has, really. Yeah, I wonder how his TV is. <laughs> Maybe we'll try and get in touch with him, and you could interview him on his TV. Just ask him what he got. What's he watching? How's the sound? Not too. Because the problem you got with these flat screen TVs is tinny, the spe- tinny speakers, aren't they? Yeah. He's, he's earning a bit though. He's bound to have bought a decent sound bar, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Surround sound, I reckon, throughout the throughout the house. I don't think you need that these days, do you? Soundbar does the job. Yeah, I suppose. Chuck it under something so it's not just, yeah. Happy days. Right. Tell would sound good through that is Smash Mouth All Star. <laughs> I do not have that to hand and I'm not, not playing it. Oh, you're no fun. I don't, want, I don't want lawsuits. Smash Mouth's lawyers. That's literally why we didn't have a podcast last week because Smash Mouth sent a cease and desist to us. It did, yeah. We sorted it out though. Joel, uh, what's that comedian that changed his name to Hugo Boss? Joel, Hugo Boss, you Joel Lysett. Yeah, he's changed his name to Smash, Smash Mouth in support of us now. Good man. Right, questions. Let's get a few uh, before we go. Dan Moffat asks uh, about the coronavirus. He says, if games are to be played behind closed door for the rest of the season, what, if any, impact do you think no fans will have on the rest of the season, both for us and for the rest of the league? I think it would just be a really strange thing. I sort of you sort of see these games and a lot of them being played like preseason friendlies. You can hear the players shouting. It's really strange to watch. But I think you've got to look at it two ways. Do they want to move everything back? It purely depends what happens on Tuesday with the decision on the Euros, doesn't it? Yeah. I think if they say the Euros is postponed, then pause the season and move everything back two weeks, two, three weeks bring the fans back and that way then it could be a sort of normal season. Everyone gets a fair shout. Um, if they don't do that and the games have to be played behind closed doors, then it's tough. Clubs are going to suffer. More clubs down the bottom leagues are going to really get hit hard. They rely a lot on the gate receipts and match day income. So to lose out on that could really, re- and a tough season as well. A lot of teams are struggling this year. You've seen what's happened with Bury. Um, for more teams, I think if, we lose out on that uh, gate receipts. A lot of teams are going to start struggling and be in a bit of panic. Yeah, I think I saw that. You know, the gate, the the take-ins from uh, each match day is around quarter of a million. So it's about a million a month that you'd be missing out on, um, which is which is obviously huge. So you know, it's a lot of money. It is. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, you know, Dan asked about what impact having no fans would have on on the players, and there's been two quite contrasting pieces published this week and Paul Grono, Bluebird Blogger on our site published a, a piece kind of not questioning but exploring maybe a, a lack of atmosphere and a lack of passion among the Cardiff fans this year and then Wales Online and Nathan Blake published an article saying that if Cardiff do make the playoffs it's because of the passion of the fans so quite uh, quite contrasting, contrasting stories there. The other thing is you've got unfair advantage to certain teams I mean, like Swansea used to play with absolutely no atmosphere, so it's going to feel no different to them. But teams like Cardiff are going to feel it, really feel like an empty <laughs> stadium. Couldn't resist, could you? 
No, I, had to, I had to get that in there. <laughs> uh, Benny, Amit Benny, asks, uh, even with our poor form and sitting just outside the playoffs, many pundits are suggesting this is a poor quality championship season. I would argue that FFP has finally provided closer competition and a more level playing field in this division. What are your thoughts on this? It's a poor league. I really, really think it's a poor league this year. The standard's not quite there. Um, there's no team that's playing amazing. Um, teams have gone on little runs, but no one seems to be putting. I mean, you look. I'm just looking at the current form table at the moment. Leeds have won five on the banks. But other than that, the team in best form after that is probably it's QPR. Yeah. Wigan, three uh, three wins and two draws. Um, Barnsley. Yeah, three wins, two losses. It's like, it's just, there's no... I get what you're saying. The FFP has definitely sort of leveled it out. You see teams like Derby now are sort of living within their means and you're sort of seeing a realistic place of where they are. I say living within the means, they're paying Wayne Rooney £120,000 a fucking week. So FFP doesn't really work, does it? But it's it's a difficult one. I just don't, I can't see any of these teams that go up this year staying in the Premier League without serious investment. Um, I think the teams coming down from the Premier League will be a lot stronger than what we faced and stand uh, for once actually stand a real good chance of going straight back up. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just, I mean, other than Norwich, Norwich are shite, <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's a poor league this year. I think it's just the standards not quite there. A lot of teams are in transition and it's just one of those years. I think next year and the year after will be a lot stronger. The championship will be back to its best, but um, yeah, I don't think it's a good league this year. What do you think of it? I agree. I I think it is a poor league this year, and I get where Benny's coming from in that there's not been there's not been a huge spender in the championship like we've seen in the past with with Wolves. I know there's a lot of lone players, but you know, getting big. Oh, I don't know. Forest Forest has spent a fair whack. Yeah, other, spent a fair bit. For, yeah, but it's been it's been less less frequent, but. You know, there's been so many grey areas around FFP in the Championship this year, and so many clubs, you know, under under investigation, or or you know, a few dodgy things in regards to selling their stadium. Obviously, you mentioned the Derby thing, so I still don't think FFP is is particularly being as effective as it should in in the division. And there's you know, clubs still so close to getting themselves into real trouble, which which would be a huge shame. But but I appreciate what Benny's point about you know. There's not been as many big spenders, so it's 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 pulled that kind of a bit closer together. But I also think it's been a shit season, shit uh, championship this year. Yeah, there's not been. It's just not quite there as where it needs to be as it has been last few years. But I think leagues go through that. I think the Premier League's been poor this year as well. I think other than Liverpool being sensational, I think the league's been very very average. I think British football as a whole is in a bit of transition, a bit of state of, uh, state of flux at the moment, and. Um, yeah, I think it's on. It's, it'll take another year or two to go back up to where it needs to be. Um, I think football, to be honest, I think you look at even La Liga, like Barca and Real Madrid aren't exactly having the best of seasons. I know they're still first and second, but they're not the best sides. They're not at their peaks anymore. I think football's in sort of one of those transitional periods 
that it goes through every sort of 10 years and the next breed, the next generation of players is going to start to emerge over the next year or two and football is going to start looking a bit different, which is always exciting. It is, yeah. And final question, uh, another one from, from Benny, actually. Uh, he asks about Will Vokes, who's getting better and better, and he argues a carry in the midfield for us right now. Surely a starter at Euro 2020 if it goes ahead now that Joe Allen is injured. First of all, that Joe Allen injury is gutting. Absolutely gutting. I burnt my heart. Again, another reason the coronavirus doesn't seem so bad. Um, I, I, I cannot face going to the Euros without Joe Allen. Um, he's just, he's every, he makes that side tick. We see how poor we are without him in that Welsh side. And um, yeah, I just hope he makes a speedy recovery. It doesn't affect him when he comes back. I know Achilles injuries are nasty. And uh, all the best to him. And so Will Vokes, for you, takes that Joe Allen spot? Um, on current form, probably, yeah, but I think they're very different players. I um, think he's probably the closest to providing what Joe Allen does, though. I think so, yeah, but Volks is a bit more of a battering ram, isn't he? He um, is, yeah, but it, it, you know, I, I presume that he would pair him in a pivot with Ampadu, who's more of that playmaker, isn't he? So maybe needs someone like that. Yeah, I just think Joe Allen's so hard to replace with the setup we've had or yeah. we've currently got. I think it changes the system without him in it. But, um, yeah, Vaux has definitely put himself not just on the playing, but in the starting contention now. He's definitely in the talk to play. Um, there's not too many other Welsh midfielders that are really at the peak at the moment. And if Vaux carries on the form, then, yeah, he's got to be, isn't he? I can't really see anyone else coming in. Yeah, because you know, Joe Morrell did, did really well. And is, is it Lincoln he's on loan at? Yeah, but, again, League One. You know, exactly. Exactly, you know, Will Wilkes is playing out of his out of his skin lately, and you know that's got that has more weight in the championship than it should in in League One, doesn't it? I uh, the one thing is, I think in with European refs, Will Wilkes is a walking red card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's the other. That's the other issue you've got to think about is he will get suspended <laughs> at some stage during that tournament. You've got to have a contingency plan then. Yeah. Oh, what's Joe Ledley doing? Uh, he's having a fantastic time out in Australia at the moment, by the sounds things. Well, so that wasn't the last question, was it? Well, there was no question. But I do have a question for you. Is You've been creating fake accounts, haven't you, on Twitter? Doesn't look good, does it? Doesn't look good. Alan, Alan. Grimes, my friend. He just writes in and says simply, Ben, bigger than Scott. Greater than Scott. And I agree. I mean, I don't know what I've he done. That, he did miss that trick, though, didn't he? If he had pure, if he was just out to absolutely just ruin me as well. When I said he's not wrong, though, if he had just followed back with not you, Ben James, <laughs> I'd have been absolutely destroyed. <laughs> true. I'm not sure what I've done to deserve. I've not been on the podcast for a while. No, I'm not coming back again now with Alan. I like you, Alan. Broken my heart. Right, Ben, one last thing. I forgot to ask you your score prediction for Leeds. Oh, God. Um, 2-1 Leeds. Yeah, that's not a bad shout, I think. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. i take that. I'd be buzzing with that. Yeah, I think we're capable. Let's derail another Leeds, Leeds season. I'd like that. If, we, if, we, if they start getting back on track and we cost them it again... Oh, 
<laughs> just magnifique. magnifique. Well, fingers crossed. Keep yourself safe, Ben, and everyone. Wash your hands. And uh, here's hoping for a good result on Saturday. And don't hoard toilet paper. Don't be that dickhead. <laughs> if you go, if you think the world's going to end, right, why are you going to Asda and stealing toilet paper? Steal some beer. Loot, stock up on that. Don't stock up on toilet paper. You're not going to shit yourselves. It's fine. Here we are. You heard it here, folks. Catch you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye.